This episode of the Ottawa Entrepreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They act as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that grow your business. For a free workshop, email them at workshop at extensionmarketing.com. Now here's your host, Pat Whalen. On this episode of the podcast, I met with Pierre-Oliver Charlebois. He's the founder of Redoc. He shares the story of how he left a great job with a gaming company to start Redoc. We also cover the process he went through to raise the money needed to start his business. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Pio Charlebois, founder and CEO of Redoc, and I'm very happy to be in the Ottawa Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for coming on the show, Pio. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pat. Can you tell us a bit about uh, Redoc and, and uh, what that's all about, please? Yeah, so Redoc is a search engine that helps organizations find content when they produce uh, proposals and other business documents. So it's all about uh, streamlining the process of finding that gold nugget of information that helps you win a deal. Nice. Is this uh, and how new is the how new is the business? Uh, this product was launched. It's just we're getting your first uh, customer, uh, your first paying customers oh, next wow. month, so May first. Oh, nice. Uh, we started on the idea in 2016, so it's been incubating with uh, large customers for a while. So, uh, yeah. wow. Can can you take us through the incubation process a little bit? This is interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can backtrack and really walk you through actually yeah, the please. story, right, to great. get you how, how I sure. got there. Um, so, you know, I started my career in the video game industry, which is not related at all. Um, but I was working on artificial intelligence and amazing technology, and I got excited by the technology, but then really was looking for what is the use of that technology? What are mm. we doing with it? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I decided to leave the video game industry and start my own consulting practice. Right. Wow. But first of all, that's a big step onto itself. Yeah, it's a massive step. And I know maybe a lot of people in the audience are thinking about that step. Uh, it's not an easy step. It's, it's a big leap of faith. Uh, but really, to me, it was so important to um, maximize the rate at which I would learn. Right. I want to learn more. I want to be exposed to more things, stretch myself you know, as much as possible. And by jumping from video game industry, where I was doing like one thing, right to being an entrepreneur where you have to think about uh, human resource about accounting about you know sales about product development like all these things i got to really learn a lot Um, and we ran this company for a while Uh, we did amazing projects with large customers and with the government and i kept bidding right on large opportunities and i felt like that's it was a lot of pain and it always fell on me as the owner because i'm the one who knew about what we did what projects and i was like in the loop all the time and that was quite frustrating um and the work we were doing is document automation we were like helping customers like automate their document process so i connected the dots and said you know what i think Mm. that's a great idea here right um so i started my let's call it the first product called smart proposition so we partnered with bdo actually a large as an anchor customer and we work with them to really solve that problem of making them really efficient at bidding and we were very successful um so so you know that was great Uh, but as we tried to scale uh in the in the u.s market or even outside of kind of federal bids uh, we found out that our approach was was you know potentially too narrow Hmm. Um, so we had a a regional success something good uh but not something that could really scale in the u.s and scale right in different geographies uh, and so we had to really think hard about like, you know, do we want, are we okay with this or do we want to actually go, go big or go home kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Go for the big potential high, you know, large market. Um, and so I raised uh, a bit over a million dollar in the summer uh, last year. And I was thinking about that and I decided, you know, I really wanted something scalable that, that could have an impact globally. And so uh, we decided to essentially pivot right from that first product, which was, okay but not great mm-hmm. right into uh, really an idea that's much simpler 
you know, search engine that finds the right section in your documents. Mm -hmm. uh, very simple interface. Like we really dumbed that, not dumbed down, but I, I would say reduce 95% of the yeah. features mm -hmm. to focus on the one thing that mattered. Interesting. So, so can you take us through without? And you don't have to get into details, but I'm curious about how you. You know, you, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are thinking of, okay, I got this idea. I'm going to have to raise money. Was that was that almost a lesson unto itself, or did you already have experience in terms of raising funds? Well, raising funds is um, it, no, it's a great experience, and and I've raised uh, funds from all the stages, right? So it's it's typically starts with friends and family. So at some mm -hmm. point, you have to believe that that you're solving like a big problem and you're something right great and, and you're firm like you have a firm belief that this is gonna you know you're passionate about it and you're ready to commit a lot of effort a lot of evenings right and then the first where it starts is with friends and family um and given my background i think my, my family were they have a how can i say a, a, a special relationship with money Okay. That they didn't want to mix like <laughs> risk taking and yeah, business yeah, and yeah. like family, right? Yeah. So, so that was a no go for me, right? Yeah, At least yeah. the, the the family, you know, around. So my, my strategy to raise the first fund with my first product was essentially to identify um, angels that were very strategic. So who are people that you know have been in B two B like business to business who have experience building like content systems, uh, have sold to the government, have worked in the McKinsey's, Deloitte's, mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. and so forth, and identify some of these people. So not only can they obviously you know there's the money part, but there's more important than money. It's like strategic money. They help you make great business decisions. So my first set set of angels were really like mentors, right, and they provide the seed capital, and then they were able to bring you know some more people. But more than the money, it was more the, the learning that you could get from these people. And they're willing to open their network, to explore ideas with you. Hmm. Uh, and, and, and they understand, right? It's like entrepreneurship, it's not an overnight success. The, the reality of most business, Pat, is, is you know, not the, <laughs> <laughs> the billion dollar exit. Preaching to the choir here. Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, right? So it's the grind, right? And, and, and you don't want to grind alone, right? And, yeah. and you want to grind and learn from it and make sure that, like, you're doing it on the purpose. Um, and so, like, these early people really help get the early money, but also, most importantly, you know, get, like, early direction, guidance, and mm -hmm. things. And even when, like, it, I did not really succeed with the first instance of, of the product, they were very supportive into getting, like, the million dollar, yeah. right? Um, and that helped a lot. D is the Ottawa Gatineau marketplace, is, is, like, did you manage to get most of the money locally, or did you have to go outside of this area? Uh, I would say there's great talent, great mentorship. Uh, there's more and more funding with organizations like Capital Angel Network and so forth. Uh, I had to travel quite a bit, okay. right? Even uh, even if you raise like a million, 1.52 million, like getting all of that in Ottawa mm. is, 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 you know, harder. Uh, yeah. for At least from my experience, uh, there, there's some sectors that are like, if you look at cybersecurity mm. or, you know, some of them. But, but really, if you're an entrepreneur, you believe in your idea, like you have to get out of your... Like, like prove get some capital here mm -hmm. but once you have this early capital like go you know go to toronto go to a I, I was part of 500 startup in san francisco wow. i've raised some money from the u.s mm, right uh, went to montreal right and then yeah. for the first time pitch in french raise some money right, there right right so uh, it's i mean the more people are aware of what you do the better chance you have of, 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 of course you know succeeding yeah yeah and and uh so you're, you're getting your first official clients soon correct yeah and and can you take us through a little bit about that process? Like how you, so you developed a product. That's what the seed funding did, I assume. And now you're trying to market that. Um, how did you initially make people aware that hey, we have this great new product that's never been done before? So our approach was really around building an early adopter program, 
right? So it's the one thing I didn't want to do is be a bunch of engineers in a garage coming up with a product <laughs> that no one wants. That no one wants, right? That's not right. based on customer needs at all, right? So part of my first business, really, I had so many customer calls. So we went back to that, and what have we learned, right? What what were they saying? And we really kept that like mentality, right? So we put together an early adopter program where we were not charging people, but it was clear even on the the, the license agreement, right? It's not it's free, but we expect feedback. We expect a biweekly, you know, uh, checkpoint with 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 your user and with our customer success person. Uh, we expect you know a monthly or so right governance call with executives on both sides to make sure that there's like commitment to like understand is that something for them or not. Uh, get feedback on the product direction and, and get measurements. Right? Are they doing searches? Are they hitting what they you know what they need? Are they bidding more and all these things. Um, so really, our process has been, so we started around six months ago. We set the goal of 24 for end of this month, and we're at 25, actually. Hey, congratulations. Yeah, so awesome. we did hit that. Hey, nice. that so I was pretty proud. And you companies, um, you know, from all around the world, and different size. We have small ones. We have massive ones. So it's, wow. it's a, it's a well-diversified. Um, yeah. And really, through that early program, they're aware that not everything, you know, is perfect, but, you know, we... Uh, they, they get to experience it. Mm -hmm. We get that really great like feedback, and this has been our, our kind of a product development uh, methodology. What's it like? What's it like recruiting? Like I know you've got a, a small team, but it's growing. Yep. What's it like recruiting p talent? <clears throat> for a startup that you know I imagine it's different than obviously than a, than a business that's been around for a while. But what are some of the unique challenges that you may face with a, when you're hiring in a startup mode? Uh, there's a lot. Um, you know, first of all, it's, for you, it's typically hard to compensate market rates. So in a com sorry, in a city like Ottawa, where yeah. like you're competing against the government, yeah, right. So and, and the Shopify's and, and the canopy the growth now, like it's yeah, it's tough for small businesses right now. It, it, it is tough, and in tech, uh, there's like great companies. Mm. I think Ottawa is a great city. Seriously, it's, it's really getting on the map for sure, hundred uh, percent. But getting talent is, is hard. So what's unique is compared to a, like you have to to pitch a vision. Right, so it's not so much the candidate pitching you. It's like you have to, like you have to pitch also and, and make them believe. Because if there's no alignment and belief, then mm. like it won't work. Uh, and it's it's you know it's it's not just the work, right? It's it's what are we trying to achieve, you know, together. Um, if we're successful, what does it mean for you, your career, right? Because we're growing that together. And when you search for early employees, um, I. You know, it's almost as if you, you look for like co-founders because these mm -hmm. people are there so early and you'll be together trying to like grow that up together. Mm -hmm. um, that the, the only way is really to feel like, can I start, would I start a business with that person? Yeah. Right. Um, it is hard, but the cultural fit is so important. Especially in the early stages, I would think, because this is not a nine to five proposition for these people, I assume, right? It's yeah. a lot of hours, a lot of, a lot of grinding. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of exploration, yeah. uh, undefined yeah. role, like you're not, yeah. tomorrow might be different than today. True. You people that are very versatile, uh, very proactive, yeah. very open-minded. Yet not too structured because they won't survive in that environment, right? You know, yeah. if, if, there's, if there's an expectation of coming in at a certain time, leaving at a certain time, and and people are, you know, someone's going to tell them what to do at all times, that's not probably not going to work for them. No. Yeah. No. Oh, interesting. Um, and, and so before you started this, you were uh, in the gaming software business, is that correct? Yep. Yeah. So did you always know you wanted to start something on your own, or did this idea just kind of hit you one day and you said, okay, I got to do this? That's, that's interesting what you raise. Um, so I... Compared to other people, I didn't leave to start an idea. I didn't have an idea when I left okay. Ubisoft, right? My, my idea was I wanted to learn more, 
right? Mm -hmm. So I want to create a trajectory for myself where I would stretch, I would be uncomfortable, yeah. right? I would get outside of my comfort zone. And this is when you, you know, learn, oh, I can do more, right? Because mm -hmm. I've survived through this, then, oh, I can, you know, you can go the next, next step. So really, it was all about uh, learning. Um, and, and really, you know, I left, as I would advise a lot of people, like work on the side on your business before leaving ship, right? Because yeah. you have a steady job, you have some money, right? So, yeah. uh, so, so you just don't, you know, jump. So I had actually lined up uh, a, a big contract before jumping, right? Mm. So I had, it was a medical uh, tool to help um, train radiologists when okay. they do medical imagery and things like that. Very interesting, mm -hmm. and I had a big potential contract with a, co a company, actually the public sector here in Ottawa, and I was in Montreal back then. So I thought everything was lined up, but obviously, again, entrepreneurship is, you don't know what tomorrow <laughs> you know, is going to bring. So I left right. Ubisoft, you know, started this, hey, I'm going to have this, you know, almost $100,000 contract, yeah. and then that didn't fall through. Mm. So the champion wow. that had, you know, essentially yeah. loved what we were doing and was about to approve the, the budget, like, ended up uh, not staying at, at that place. Hmm. And then I was left by myself. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> without contracts, without anything. So you roll up your sleeves, right? Yeah, yeah, you got no choice. Yeah. What a baptism by fire on that one, for sure. <laughs> was there uh, was there any books or anything that you've read that, that have, you know, influenced you in terms of uh, developing your kind of entrepreneurship muscle? Yes, uh, if you're building product, tech product, uh, books like Lean Startup is, mm -hmm. is great, right? It's how to experiment to find the answer. And the thesis is, is really building an idea, like there's a scientific methodology to it, okay. right? It's not just a random idea. So you have an idea, right? And then you create an hypothesis. Oh, I think that if I make a search engine that ABCD, I'm going to help like this, you know, a segment of the market. And essentially, then you run your experiment and you try to run this experiment as cheaply as possible. So building the entire project and hiring developers and building it, that's not cheap. So what is mm -hmm. cheaper? Take up, you know, pick up the phone and, and do it. Uh, what's cheaper if you're building, I don't know, a grocery shipping company, right? Well, you would actually fulfill it manually. You would get like an order and you pretend you're a computer. You're a guy with spreadsheets. Wow. And then you, you go to the grocery, you pick up and you deliver to customer. And then like that, you can validate the idea, right? So run the experimentation and then validate. Is it, you know, has it worked or not? If it doesn't, then like you know, pivot the idea, retest mm -hmm. until you mm -hmm. hit like that that vibe. So that that's like lean startup is, is a good, I think, a good book for that. Um, companies, I'm a B two B, so um, uh, crossing the chasm uh, mm -hmm. is a great th this reality. And we're exactly we're not yet in the chasm, we're pre chasm, but you know, in the market, there's uh, different uh, buyers. You have the early adopt like innovators, early adopters are ready to buy the iPhone and wait in line before it even right on, right. on the paper or Tesla right yeah. so these guys are ready to really jump early and then there's the people who are like early majority lag like, or, or you know late majority laggers so these yeah. are ready like we'll buy only if a lot of people around like have bought hmm. right so so realize that th th you know there's market segments uh, and then crossing the chasm is really that reality between the innovators and the actual real big bigger market there's this big gap which is which is hard so he helps like with techniques right to to, to cross that yeah yeah I mean, books like Good to Great, always amazing. Yeah, yeah. There's some classic, right? The Good to Great's been around for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and definitely all the, um, like, leadership goes, like, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can name so many. Yeah, yeah, But, yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah. being, like, reading is, is important. Yeah. Uh, and not just, like, around, like, building companies, but how to be a good leader, how to... Um, yeah. you know, get to better decisions, really. Can, can you talk a bit about, uh, you mentioned that you had to pivot. So 
I really find that an interesting concept, and it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's big in any business, but it's really big in, te- in tech. In yeah. my understanding of it, is it, it's a double-edged sword that some people, you know, just because they're running into a little bit of a problem, okay, this probably doesn't make sense. We're going to pivot, and, yeah. and and maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. So how do you? Is it instinctive? Like, how do you know that? Okay, this we we got to change direction here. And what advice would you give to people that may be struggling, going, Jesus, is it time that I pivot? Yeah, that's great, and I think it aligns with a, a thinking I have these days, uh, and I've had for a long time actually. Is where do you put the line between grit and stubbornness? <laughs> right, where is that line? That's well put. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a very fine line for sure. Uh, I mean, all big realizations and projects and companies like come from people who have been perseverant, right? So this is I I I would say it's it's a hundred percent. You need that. Um, so really, the like the pivot, you, you need, you know. Make sure that you, you you do some measurements, right? So you set up goals, right? So for instance, I've deployed the, the idea for a scorecard within my business. And so you look at conversion rates. So of these calls that I make, like how many are interested? How many go to the next step? How much does it cost me to onboard them? And, you know, so you can ask a, a lot of questions. Like in their case, people really, I'm talking about my first iteration of the product, they, they want to buy it. Like the, the, the business pain was there and it was a like big pain, like chest, you know, open mm-hmm. surgery mm-hmm. thing. It was right. not like, oh, I have this little bruise here. It was like, oh no, it's, it's costing me so much. I want right. to grow, but my people are like, are, are exhausted. Uh, I don't find my content. I end up not winning because of non-compliance and like a lot of like really heavy duty. Mm. So we're like, okay, it's, it's a great, we have a, there's a problem solution fit. Mm-hmm. But where we figured there's no, there's not a product market fit is, uh, for instance, the deployment was very expensive. And like my example of the grocery, like we did it ourselves, right? So we said, okay, we won't charge you that much, so we'll do it. But on their end, with limited resource, it was very costly to deploy, hmm. uh, right? The, the onboarding and do all that. We had to take a massive hit. Um, so that's a, you know, it's an indicator. So if, if you carry on, like, is there a path to, you know, profit, profitability or like, Tech companies are less concerned about profitability, but yeah. you know higher higher growth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is there um, organic like referrals? Like how many of your leads are coming from people who actually have talked about it? And then look at the measurement, right? Uh, with tech, like you can actually look at how many people have clicked there. Are they using the solution? Are they like do they go there every day or once in a week? Or uh, right. So by looking at all these metrics, really really helps. It's it's not a pivot that oh I feel I should pivot. It's okay I'm not going you know to meet the expe- the, the expectations I've set. Mm-hmm. And then it can be either short term. In, in my case, I could have hit short term milestones, but done the, not the longer term, like the nine, you know, the five year ish. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when you start to take external money from venture capitalists, for instance, yeah, like their expectation of, of growth is is different than if you have a like if you have like your own company, it's a service company, mm-hmm. uh, right? Like they expect a ten x return. They expect you to raise your revenue to wow. either ten million or right. They would rather see you. You know, die fast yeah. or grow fast. They grow big fast, right? They, 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 they don't want slow growth. That doesn't reward them enough. No, they don't want. And this is what we add: slow growth, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, this this path is not leading to the outcome that that they want, that I want. Yeah. Uh, and and that's it, right? So pivot is, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you have the, the metrics and make sure you have the learning why you're pivoting. And then you need a, a big rational and how does it influence the strategy? Yeah. How will you make the decisions, you, you know, that, that's yeah. going to at least prevent that from happening again? Now, did you have anybody that you could you could turn to and talk to about these? Like these are big decisions, right? Yeah. It completely changed the trajectory of a business. Yeah. Did you have a, do you go back to your VCs? Like do they, 
do they weigh in on these types of decisions or they say, P.O., we gave you the money, you go figure this stuff out. Like, how does that relationship work? It's building relationship with investors is, is critical mm. uh, and it's fun. And these are really bright people who I've seen a lot of business That's succeed asking, and I've right. seen a lot fail, right? Right, right. Um, so you need to have that discussion and it's uh, it's, it's certainly not something you, you make by yourself and certainly not something that, um, you know, you don't involve your team. So that core team, which is your startup, so it's relatively small, uh, right? It's, it's I think everyone has to be part of it mm. to buy really into kind of the next stage of the business, mm-hmm. right? If they've mm-hmm. been involved in the decision-making progress, uh, process, Right when you come up with that new strategy, like everyone is really rolling up their sleeves and saying, "We believe in that because we help," you know, putting that that process together. Yeah. Uh, and investors, it's really important to communicate that. I would say, like, like if you hit roadblocks, or even if, if if in six months you think there's risk that you won't hit ABC milestone, like be forefront about it. I think they, they would rather have like hear the the bad news like early on, yeah, and then see the the founders like really trying to, you know, manage a way yeah, yeah. to to solve that than than just just thinking everything is great and then boom yeah. you know there's a wall there is, is your is your product set up is it like uh, is it a, a monthly fee i assume it's like a SaaS product is that yeah it's a SaaS product is? okay okay yeah. yeah and is there three are you going for three levels i'm just thinking if you're kind of you know every SaaS product seems to have a basic i'm an intermediate and kind of enterprise is that what you're looking at a monthly subscription yeah that's interesting okay. so pricing is always a big topic yeah right so when we looked at <laughs> especially own, amongst your vcs i'm sure it's a big topic too no it is yeah. and, and the reality is going to change right so right. Uh, uh, one of my board members is like, okay, we talk about pricing now. It might change two months from now. So like, don't overdo it. Like, you, you don't have to come up with the final ultimate price because that won't happen as your as your business evolves and everything. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that's going to change. Okay. But when we look ourselves, we the, the value is re- really making connections between content. In mm-hmm. that proposal, you talk about this, right? That was very it helped you win, right? Uh, it's a very strong piece of content. Oh, by the way, you reuse it there and there right oh it also refers to the same topic as this other one right so creating these relationship is super important so the volume of data that we analyze is actually kind of the size of the brain that you run yeah uh, so we made a pricing by uh, like page indexed so if you if you go up to 225,000 pages it's where the lower tier like 249 per month that's it gotcha. if you go to 250 then it's a bit more and okay. up to a million right then there's another price and then it goes into the enterprise hmm. So ultimately, I mean, pricing what you want to achieve is understand um, the return on investment for your customer. Yeah. Okay. So you sit down. Ultimately, the the best pro- like the best pricing would be a value based pricing mm-hmm. where both organizations agree on the value that this can deliver. Yeah. And then you share that value. And typically, I would say a, a twenty. 80% is, is fair. So mm-hmm. the startup would get like 20% of the value generated and then the company would get 80. So 15 to 20 for the startup and then, you know, 80 to 85 for the company. Yeah. And that should be the, the price, mm-hmm. right? So any way you, you come up with your pricing should actually reflect, okay, what is the value that they deliver, that they get and make sure that they, they do get a solid ROI. Mm-hmm. I find the value-based pricing model, especially in a service business like mine, I mean, that to me, that's the only fair way to do it. Yeah. To try to charge people people per hour, it's to me, it's not fair either way. Yeah. It's, it's but but I find it's it's a tough conversation to have with people. It is. They're so used to whether it's a lawyer, or an accountant, or whatever your industry is. It's you know typically we spend so much time. Yeah. Bill me for that time, but if you know your time's worth X or Y, that's going to have a huge impact on what that end bill ends up being. Um, what would you say are um, you know? 
is there one or two key lessons that you've learned from you know if you look back to your journey here when you started this and you're you're really officially launching depending on when this podcast airs you know within a couple of weeks yeah. is there one or two things that stands out you go geez i didn't see that coming or that's something i you know no one prepared me for um you're gonna see a lot of things you're not prepared for uh, so I think that that's one of the learning is like you're never ready for everything, right? So how mm. how can you put in place a process or an approach that embrace that uncertainty? Like to me, one like big learnings, and I'm really lucky that you know I've been able to work with like amazing like investors and so forth. Um, but really getting like help from people who have been around the block uh, is is instrumental, right? So mm-hmm. recognize that you don't have all these uh, answers, and then make sure you're you know you surround yourself with people you like. Yeah. Right. That have like great ideas and have experience in the domain that that, that you're looking. I mean, the, the kind of the caveat to that is sometimes you've, you know, you may have like too many mentors pretty much, and then some would have different ideas than others, right? So ultimately, it all it still falls on on your shoulders, mm-hmm. right? So you, you have to make you know calls, and so so it's not about like following every mentor like all the time, but really having a sounding board. And there's a number of ways to do it. Like you can have like an actual board. You can have a, you know advisory. Um, you, you know, advisory board. Uh, you can have like uh, for startup. You can actually give like option. Like if you don't have a lot of, of cash, you can actually mm-hmm. grant options to in, uh, advisors to help you in the process. Uh, Invest Ottawa, for instance, has been great. Uh, they have a great resource for people can review sales and, and you know content mm-hmm. like in marketing, uh, in uh, HR, like everything. So re- reach out and there's help for. That's something that that is there today. There's a lot of help for early stage business. You know, um, use it. Um, and the, the team is, is is also fundamental. Uh, and so right now, like we uh, we're so we're small enough that every new member, we actually everyone you know meets the person, hmm. and and we do like um, like. <laughs> Te- pretty much test like this is an example let's say a data sheet a customer may give you and this is you know what we're, lo- we're looking for right can the person like be creative in the problem solving it's not so much about what they know mm-hmm. but it's how they think and what are they willing to learn right so we, we figured for us that was more important than what they know for instance right so yeah. that kind of shifted the way uh, we look at recruiting so you know speaking of recruiting so uh, you could end up on a rapid growth plan here right I mean let's hope if everything goes yeah. as, as planned yeah is there do you have systems in place to prepare for that we're working on that <laughs> I would say <laughs> it would be a great problem to have right it would be a great problem yeah to have. yeah so okay. I mean we, we, so the sales process is, is we've we, we've created a solid process right okay. and by like pivoting right from product A to Redux that we have right now, like what we made sure is the onboarding was very seamless. The uh, no need for uh, like training, right? It's so simple to use. So all these things kind of really reduce the amount of marginal effort you have to do for every new customer. Mm-hmm. So we made sure to engineer like the, pro- the product itself to make sure we would, you know, the, the, the smallest team could actually support the most you know number of people right right, right? So, so so that that is but do I have I mean a really tight HR process to to grow no I mean that's another, that's a challenge I right you know when it's there we'll, we'll solve yeah, it yeah yeah nice so believe it or not we're almost out of time I told you it'd go by fast yeah, yeah. But, but before I let you go a couple of things I'm curious the name redoc where did that come from uh, so redoc it was really t- to me was this this like my 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 vision in some way is like your company has intellectual property. It's there. You have a lot of documents, a lot of content, and this is not used 
in, in its maximum potential. Mm. And you need people to spend a lot of time and experts to find information that already exists, right? And that's a waste of time, right? You're not, human beings should be creating new things that are not already solved, right? That's where it's fun. That's where you get the value add. So to me, the redock was like, re, you know, a ship in space that undocks and redocks. So it was oh, like redocking okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of bits nice. of information, right? Yeah. Into like Lego blocks, right? You have documents, you yeah. decompose them and recompose them based on the context, based on your needs, right? And then you figure what are the gaps? And then you have human being and subject matter experts say, oh, okay, we don't have this content. I need to create it. I need to think about it. I don't have a process or an approach here. Yeah. So, so it's really like the, the docking cool. of information. It's a great name and people are going to remember it. And, and it's it, now. Now that you've explained it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, thanks. nice. Where, where can listeners find out more about uh, about Redoc and about yourself? And yeah, well, their website uh, redoc.com. Uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so PO Charlebois. Uh, you know, that's part of our marketing strategy: like connect with people, create discussions, uh, engage. Uh, so not a one too many, but really like have have a, a more of a relationship, especially that we're in the early adopter stage. So you know, connect with me on LinkedIn, and you know, send me a message. I'll be very happy to engage and, and discuss and pick up the phone and let's you know let's have a talk. So I would say LinkedIn and our website is a good starting point. Okay, great. Thanks very much for coming on the show. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Pat. Thanks. Bye.